Hi, I'm Harry. I'm an expert in human behaviour and body language, and I help people all over the world to stand out, win trust, and gain credibility every time they communicate, including some of the members of the G7. Luke. Hi, I'm Luke Morris. I'm an expert in human behaviour and body language. I teach intelligence agencies and the general public in extreme forms of persuasion and interrogation and people reading. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Have we been watching too much body language experts? It's brilliant. Behaviour panel. Behaviour panel. It's so good. It's so good. Can you explain the behaviour panel? uh... Yeah, this is a Doctor Who podcast, but... The behaviour panel is four of the world's leading mm. body language experts and interrogators. Mark Bowden. Mark Bowden. Hi, Mark Bowden. I'm Scott Ross. I'm Chase Hughes. I'm Greg Hartley. <laughs> and uh, they uh, look at clips, don't they, of uh, criminals and mm. and people of note. Mm-hmm. And they uh, see what they think. Luke, what you got? What do you got? Luke, what do you got? It's brilliant. It's great. I've it's... always been interested in body language. Um but just fell off the radar. Until Until now. I think uh, the princess not princess, who is it? Meghan Markle Meghan and Ma- Harry. Oh yeah. Since Meghan Markle and Harry Oprah interview. They did a body language They did. Thing and it's, it's got, got like two million views or Oh it's brilliant. Names. It's brilliant. We'll cut this bit out and we'll tag them in it on Twitter just to Greg. Hi, Greg. Hi, Scott. Greg, um... Oh, yeah, we had a message off Greg yeah. Hartley. Made my day. And as... And you know, mm. what am I enrolled in now? Thanks to you. You're a student. I am a student of the bodylanguagetactics.com. Brilliant. Can't wait. Anyway, so this is the Doctor Who podcast. Aye. This week we're going to be doing Greatest Show in the Galaxy, The Empty Child, and The Doctor Dances. Before that, shall we do a quiz? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, so four high-value items from eBay of Doctor Who merchandise and memorabilia. Arr. I'd like you to order them in price, highest to lowest, mm. or lowest to highest. Got you. But please clarify which one you pick. Okay? Just because everybody... Because you do it all the time. You do it every single... What? You just... Why are you making everything hard? Fucking hell! You do highest to lowest. All right, then. Okay. Four items... Item A is the complete collection of 152 BBC Doctor Who books, some signed. So these aren't Target ones? These are are not Target books. These are the BBC um, story books for when Doctor Who was off air. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Item B is a Doctor Who God of Ragnarok original prop. So it's one of the gods of Ragnarok. Original prop. Original prop. I guess it's quite big. Which is the size of a person, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You wear it. Item C 
is Doctor Who Silver Nemesis Story Orders Maps etc all that sort of planning sheets for a, a Doctor Who story and shoot like pre-production work things like that that's exactly what I was trying to say uh, signed by Sylvester McCoy oh I wanted to be on And then the last item is ultra rare in capital letters. Doctor Who Daleks Invasion of Earth film script from 1966. Original. Original, yeah. Not a reprint. So, do you want me to go through those again? No. So, we're 152 BBC books, God of Ragnarok prop. Silver Nemesis uh, pre-production papers and the... Dalek Invasion of Earth 2150 AD Film script. Well, first of all, I think that's top. Okay. I think that's top of the list. Um, I've heard of that story. Okay. And I'm sure it's a sought-after thing. It's just a nice thing to have. I love having a good script. Um, I reckon it's top. Do you want me to guess the price? Do the price at the end. Oh, okay. Do it. Um, then I'm going to go for the books. Okay. I'm going to go for the books. Because one of those things where you, if you buy them separately, mm. cost a fortune. A bundle. Yeah, but bundle, job lot. Yeah. yeah. You're saving some money at least, I reckon that's second. <laughs> Thirdly, I'm going to go for the Nemesis pre-production papers. Okay. Uh, signed by Sylvester. I think... That detracted some <laughs> some value in that one. Well, and lastly, I'm going for the Ragnarok God, God of Ragnarok. 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 Yeah. I'm going to go. Ain't seen nothing yet. Oh. Okay. Do you want to just repeat your answers one more time? Yeah. What are you going with? Um, firstly, I'm going for the Dark Invasion script. Okay. Then I'm going for the books. Yep. Then I'm going to go for the pre-production things. Yep. And then I'm going to go for the God of Ragnarok. How do we think he's done? All right, I reckon. Wrong. No. <laughs> we haven't won it in a long time. No. Would you like to know the real answers? Uh, yes. I'd like to guess the prices. Okay. The highest item, mm. the most expensive, is the Ragnarok prop. Really? Oh. What price? Talking like seven grand, not far off. Eight grand. All right. Okay. I just thought because you know, I, I'd imagine people don't like this story. So, well, we'll find out when we get to the feedback. Well, we will. Yeah. I think it looks great though. Yeah, it looks. Yeah. Second item mm. was the Dalek invasion of Earth script. No. Five. One thousand four Four monthly repayment installments. Uh so yeah, that one's uh that one's second. <laughs> third third is the BBC Doctor Who books, 152 of those. Uh, 650 quid. I genuinely did not make this price up. It's 999 dollars 99 dollars 
9999. Correct. Which means fourth uh, is the Silver Nemesis um, pre-production uh, notes. I reckon about 449. Uh, 449.99. No way. Yep. No. No, no more, no. That's it, no. That was a good quiz, wasn't it? Was very fucking quick. <laughs> Christ. Uh, of all of those, I yeah, I'd want the prop. I don't give a shit about papers. <laughs> Put on the fire, I guess. But yeah, right, who gives a crap? Who gives a crap? All you know, you just scan it and put it on the internet. And there you go, you got the original, pretty much. But <laughs> the God of Ragnarok original. You bet your yeah your, your arse cheeks. I'm wearing that. You can just sit Halloween. there in it. Yeah, just sit there. It's brilliant. What would you have? I'd have the ducks. <laughs> no, I'd probably go for the same. Oh, really? I'd go Ragnarok. Where would you put it, though? You'd have to put it outside as, like, a water feature. Mmm. i put it in my car. <laughs> in the passenger seat? Yeah. Ain't no Entertain us! Oh, God. Right. Should we crack on? Mm-hmm. It's me first this week, New Who. It is. I chose The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances. You certainly did. Uh, This was episodes 9 and 10 of season 1. Mm. Aired on the 21st and 28th of May, 2005. Uh, writer was Stephen Moffat. Director was James Hawes. Who? H-A- Hawes. Hawes. Not who is. Hawes. <laughs> Producer, Phil Collinson. Phil uh, Collins? Yep. Phil Collins' son? No. Nick Collins? The Phil Collins. Oh, right, okay. I thought, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Music was, of course, by our garden saviour, <laughs> Moray Gold. <laughs> I'm a to are we? Be honest. <laughs> there we are. Uh, there are two parts, obviously. There are. Mm. Synopsis? Cool. Chasing a metallic object through the time vortex, the Ninth Doctor and his companion, Rose Tyler, arrive in London during the Blitz. While Rose meets Captain Jack Harkness, the Dash... The time agent responsible for bringing the object, the Doctor finds a group of homeless children, terrorised by Jamie, an empty child wearing a gask... Gask mask. (laughs) (laughs) Gask mask. The child... This is... The second episode. Okay. The child's plague... Spoilers. The child's plague is spreading throughout wartime London, and its zombie army is on the march. The Ninth Doctor and Rose form a... The Ninth Doctor and Rose form an alliance with intergalactic conman Captain Jack, and find themselves trapped in the abandoned hospital. <laughs> they heed to... They head heed? They heed to the crash. God, Christ. <laughs> For fuck's sake. They head to the crash site of Jack's supposed space junk and dis- 
I didn't no this is from TARDIS Wiki. I didn't Space junk. With, um, how old are you now? How old am I? Twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> they head to the crash site of Jack's supposed space junk and discover the ground zero for the mysterious plague. Wowie. Mm. Action packed. Now before we get into this. Yes. Did you watch this when it was aired? Yes. Oh. I can't really remember. I this episode I and I think of for a lot of people stays in one's mind. This as a memorable yeah, episode. Traumatized me as a kid. Mm. I was absolutely terrified of this. Mm. It was the gas mask thing. Mm. Dunno. Look great. Still yeah. holds up. It's still pretty good. Fantastic. You got Victor Meldrew. Yes. And fun fact, later on in uh, the 11th hour, we'll have Victor Meldrew's wife. Ooh. Well, didn't... Victor up Meldrew's wife to yeah. make a, an appearance. Crossover. They're not dead. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, He's got a very uh, instantly recognisable voice, isn't he, Victor Richard Meldrew. Wilson? He plays exactly the same. Yeah. Well, he's, he's only got one way of saying everything. Sort of nasal. Bobby, are you my Bobby? Hey. Hey. That's going to be annoying to listen to. Yeah, it's going to be a bit dreadful. Sorry, uh, everybody. Yeah, I would have turned it off by now. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> a thought? I hate when you do that. Um, Any views? Are you asking me or... No. Oh, no. right. Um... <laughs> Well, yeah. So, overall impressions. Uh, Actually, <laughs> what did you think of it back then? And does it translate well to now? Do you have the same opinions? Maybe. Um, mm. Right, so I did watch this on transmission, but mm. I was absolutely terrified of it. Right. I would have been 10 when this came out. <laughs> And uh, it just scared the shit out of me. Mm. Actually, it would have been nine. It makes a difference. Yeah, that right. sounds less wimpy. Um, and I had to... I think... I, I definitely watched it on transmission. And then I had the season one box set in like the big TARDIS Ooh, yeah. thing. Uh, and I had to sort of watch it in chunks... Because chunky box set watched in chunks. Really chunky. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's. Um, I remember it being creepier yeah, as I a child, as well. yeah. but you you know, it's still you, good. You grow up. Yep. You grow up. So they say. Um, it's very dismal though. Dreary. I will say, the sexual undertone. Of this story is absolutely disgusting. It's rife and unbearable. It's grim. Obviously, you don't pick up on this as well. I didn't pick up on it as a child, but I do remember me, mum, and dad being quite uncomfortable with me watching mm. this. That's a shame, isn't it? Has Doctor ever been been like that? Well, apart from your episode that we're going to do oh, later okay. on, but um. It is rife mm-hmm. with... Uh, it's sticky, isn't it? It is. It's uncomfortable. Mm. And I don't... It's hard to know whether it's intentional. I'm sure we'll we'll cover some of this stuff. I mean, sort of every main on. character has something to do with 
sexual undertones. Well, let's just take the episode name. The Doctor Dances mm. is essentially The Doctor Fucked. Now, I think you've read between the lines there, and I didn't get that. But how did you come to that conclusion? Because the whole... Because when Jack is talking to Rose, mm. and he says... And they, they have that conversation, do you dance? It's not that. Yeah, but they're not asking, do you fuck? Because... Yeah, but, I know, yeah, but they can't... Yeah, but it's a way of skirting around it, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, 100%. It it is, yeah. It's like nine hundred, like the doctor says, what nine hundred and fifty years of time travel or something, and uh, of course I've danced. Oh, uh, okay. It's like because dancing like is synonymous with like romance and things like that. Well, I don't even think I think it's just a a, a cheap way of sort of. Did you, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll give you that one. So it's 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 a lewd title. Yes. Uh, empty Child. How's that one sexual? Well, the title isn't, but the story is still littered with... Yeah, it is. And so, um, most... Mm, <laughs> mostly... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I heard that as well. Sorry, everybody. It's going to be difficult, this one, isn't it, yeah, for everybody sorry. to listen to. I th- well, as we get on, we'll... Uh, Dying for a pee as well. Really? But we'll carry on. Keep going. Um, uh, the... The empty child. <laughs> the empty child is. Oh God's sake! The empty child. Um, obviously, the story title is not sexual, like the Doctor dances. But I think the main culprit of the first episode being overly sexual is probably the Captain Jack mm, character. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like you were saying, how he um, comes in straight away, like this first scene first scene and you greet with this this I don't know what to say because I'm treading on eggshells and it's really fucking hard well I tell you, well, let's just let's hit the nail on the head then and say this is this is a tricky topic to cover and I apologize if any this you know this triggers anybody but in recent days some allegations have been made against Noel Clark haven't they yeah. Which we will probably discuss at some point. We'll have to. Yeah. But in light of that, some other things have come out about John Barrowman. Yeah. And, so, yeah, it's hard to sort of not look at the Captain Jack character in a different way. I know. It's it's one of those where you want to separate the character from... The actor, because it's made, like made in two thousand five. However, yeah. this character is sexualized to the extent where it jeopardizes the episode. We think. And yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I don't know how we can separate that. I I want to say I've never been comfortable with the Captain Jack character. Mm. Never. I think the 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 least unbearable he is mm. is in the um the Jody episode. Where he comes back, Revol- uh, Revolution of the Daleks. Yeah, it's that, isn't it? Yeah. He's... I haven't seen that yet. Well, I know uh, when that episode aired, the, I think I had a conversation on Twitter with a few people, and it came up that Jim from the Crinog podcast said mm. that that was the first time that he hasn't wanted to put the foot his foot through the screen when <laughs> Captain, Jack, Captain Jack's been on it. And I had to agree. I've never, and I've said this in 
previous podcasts. Mm. So I don't want it to come across that, oh, you're only saying that now because it's because of what's happened. I've never been comfortable with the sexual stuff in Doctor Who. I, I think it has no place whatsoever. No. And do we think that Russell is to blame for that sort of thing? For making for the the steering of the season series to well, be, if we look at his earlier work, uh, you know, leading up to this, it is you know that coming of age things. It's it's um, social comment, isn't it? Yeah, and especially the like working class things like that, um, and homosexuality, um, and I do think. He wove some of those motifs into Doctor Who, and I, you know, we've we've said in the past that I think he came in at the right time. Yeah, I've got no issue with that. I've no. got no issue with him bringing in things like that. No, it's brilliant. It's yeah. honestly brilliant. Um, like what uh, first time I noticed it when I was doing this rewatch was uh, when Cassandra's looking. What episode is it? It's the second episode. Is it the one on the space station? Yeah, with the Earth dying. And then, uh, yeah, Cassandra looks down at the Earth and says, oh, yeah, I remember when I used to be a boy down there. I was like, brilliant. Just comment on it. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, it's just something that is... You don't have to comment on I these think, things. Yeah, it's, it's so the, lovely to... The season, yeah. Doctor Who has done a good job, I'd say, probably, of um, not normalising, because that's the wrong term, making it... Yeah, probably is the right term, isn't it? Normalising things like that, like trans issues and gay rights and, you know, like the main character, like Captain Jack, is pansexual, isn't it? Yeah. And that is not an issue no. at all and I'm, with the I'm, character. And I'm glad it's there because yeah. it's it's sort of one of the first things to do that. Yeah. And Doctor Who has always done that in recent times, isn't it, where mm-hmm. it's been the first to sort of start comment. And I'm so... I, I love how it doesn't alienate, alienate anyone it just is. No, yeah. This is normal, which it is. Yeah. You know, and it's fantastic that um, he was able to incorporate all these things, um, all these uh, diverse like beliefs yeah. and sexual orientation, stuff like that, so naturally in the script. Yeah. And to the point where, like, you know... It, I can't remember any of this as a kid because it was just normal. Yeah, I don't That's remember exactly what it needs to be like that. I I do remember being a bit uncomfortable with the whole like smacking of people's ass. Yeah, that's something different, isn't and it? And in the is it is it the bad wolf two parter at the end where Captain Jack is naked in front yeah. of the uh, Trini and Susanna silver yeah. robot things? Uh, that sort of thing has I have no respect or anything for that i really do not like the uh, the blunt sexual stuff yeah with doctor who and it's for the parents isn't it but well yeah doctor who has been a family show but old who never had to do that sort of thing no overly you know you don't need it giving you on a plate do you like no. that way i don't know if it's to make it seem more grown up um maybe but no i did i just it really never needs to be there and it's still there they're still. I don't know about the Jody ones, but like they're still kissing in every. Se- I don't know. I just. I'm not a massive. Well, in fan every of it. Thir- every season of Doctor Who up until Peter Capaldi, isn't it? I think he kisses every companion. Mm. I think. Am I right in that? Yeah, more so in Capaldi's era, people kiss him. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only difference. But yeah, in in light of the stuff that's come out. I have met John Barrowman. 
Oh. Twice. Oh. Um, yeah. He's, he's, so he's been... When I worked for one of the Comic-Cons, hmm. he was one of the panellists. So I've met him backstage, sort of, you know, away from the crowds. And there is a considerable difference in how he is in front of people and how he is you know on his own right he is very uh, what's the word for it like enthusiastic and yeah he's very enthusiastic yeah before we say, before i say that i will say working at comic-con has sort of opened my eyes to things like we i think everybody would agree that when you meet somebody at a comic-con or a sign-in thing like that they are not say it's peter davison Mm. the peter davison that you are meeting to get an autograph is not the peter davison that goes to the shops or goes to the bank yeah there is it's a job yeah there's still a professional persona that you're seeing there you're not really seeing them off guard Mm. but you are seeing them out of character yeah and obviously they interact with everybody and it's great i think i have noticed and i've 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 spoken to you about a few of these. I'm not going to mention specific names, but a lot of people when they're in the green room, and it's just you and them, or two of you and them, mm. they are very different, and a lot of them are very diva, like worse than you would have would have expected. It, yeah. Okay. And then there's a few of them that are, are are great. Yeah. You know, Gareth David Lloyd is a friend of a friend of mine. Yeah. So obviously he's a bit more friendly, you know. He's but he seems quite down to earth. Mm-hmm. But there's a few people that have that I've had interactions with that are very difficult mm-hmm. and different. John Barrowman, the twice the two the twice I met him, the two times I met him, is a very he's very introverted. I think when he's left alone, like it, so it's. He's like quiet and yeah, it's very strange how he goes from this big, over the top persona yeah to being very withdrawn right. when he's on his own. Um, obviously, I've never the statements that people have said about him. I've never witnessed any of that, so no. you know nothing like that has happened. But there is a considerable change in him. You know. Mm. Um. I don't know what my point so, was really, but yeah, like I'm, I'm sure it's that's <clears throat> like you know a lot of people, um, but in this case, it's because he's so you know over the top and it, yeah, it's and he, such he, a he appears he appears quite Captain Jack like yeah. off screen, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard complaints about you know Captain Jack because I've heard complaints about Captain Jack because it's just John Barrowman playing John Barrowman. Um, but yeah, I think it's. I think yeah. it's. A sh- it's. It's. I think <clears throat> the, what that reveals is that you know it is a lot to these people we don't know. Yeah, and I think it it reveals that we can discuss the character without discussing the actor. Mm, okay, that's a whole other thing in itself but i think for in this case we just have to always well yeah well we can't you know people can't talk about captain jack exactly well we put a poll out on twitter didn't we before we um 
before any of this, before the Noel Clark stuff or anything came out on Twitter, where we were going to say we were going to be discussing Captain Jack, we are still going to do that, mm. and we've got some feedback. But specifically, this is on the character rather yeah. than John Barrowman. I just want to make that that sort of that clear. Mm-hmm. But how right we were that we hated Noel Clark, eh? What a dick! I never, yeah, I never liked him. Um, no, I've never liked the man. I remember last episode, I said, oh, I'm sure he's a good guy. Well, he isn't, is he? No. No. How the hell was I to know? But, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that is the thing as well, isn't it? Like, it was, how how are no. you to know? You can't... You, I mean... You can't discuss any character no. if that's like that, you know. Like, the interactions that I've had with any actor or any, you know, celebrity, you do not know what they're like behind closed no. doors, really. No, you never you know, do. Never do. It's different when you're in their circle, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's. I mean, it sucks that I I just give people the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it's horrible, really, yeah, and it it's, is. it's it's disgusting, mm-hmm. and it tur- and it's di- even more disgusting when you think disgusting, disgusting when you think the people who have had allegations made against them mm. and the ones that have come true are all in this. First season, yeah, yeah, and it, it, I don't. Well, I um, don't know what to make of that. You know, it's, and I know that. Well, Christopher Eccleston left because of undisclosed it begs reasons. The question, doesn't it? But it, yeah, you know, it, we're not. I'm not trying to fill in the blanks, but it makes you wonder. Yeah, I'm not saying that is the reason. I'm not saying that isn't the reason. But I'm. I would assume it's probably. He is uncomfortable. Yeah. No, maybe that things are happening that he may be aware of, or has an inkling that there mm. might be something that he's uncomfortable with. Who knows? You know, he may never speak, and that's his right to not. Yeah, because it's, yeah. it's it's something where someone does something like this, it affects you know so many people, and it's such a selfish thing, and it's horrible. Yeah, and like even we feel uncomfortable, you know, talk about this. Yeah, I, yeah, it's it, just rubbish. I did like, debate when we were going to record this: are we going to talk about Captain Jack? And we can't really talk about Captain Jack without mentioning yeah. the Noel Clark thing because that ties into yeah. John Barrowman. Um, so yeah, I don't want people to think that we're doing it just because to get views on it. Mm. I just I think it's it's a topic and it's related to the the subject that we're talking about. So, you know, why not? Why shouldn't you discuss it? And I think at the yeah. uh, something that I've sort of I was thinking about the other day is essentially Doctor Who is a brand, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And when you become part of this brand, you have a sort of responsibility even yeah. when you're not in that yeah. brand anymore to sort of uphold you're part of it. If you attend Comic Cons and stuff after the fact, yeah, you're still you're still connected. in that world. You're yeah. still connected to the canon of that, yeah, you know that show. And I, I, I personally, I think the production team should say something. They need to. They yeah. do. I, yeah. Well, you know, I don't think that's, it, and, and essentially, this is hurting the brand of Doctor Who. Yeah. You know, but some people will not, and rightly so, will not be able to watch season one again. Yeah, and, and, and that's most a shame. people that and, is a shame. And well, not most people. Nobody will be able to watch season one in the same light. No, absolutely not. 
you know, it, absolutely not. And it, you know, that's our, our child. Well, my childhood. You know, right there. Yeah. Season one, gone. Yeah. You know, I'll never look at that the same again. No. Um. Yeah. Th- these issues we have are nothing compared to you know, survivors of the this you know alleged abuse mm. caused by Noel Clark and um. I just think it's important to, you know, just as important for those people who have survived these this abuse, come out and say, like, to make this stop in the future. And I think it's important for people like us to promote the fact that that is not okay. It never will be no, okay. Yeah. It never it, has yeah. been okay. It's an awful, awful thing to do. And, yeah, I, I value that. I do. Well, yeah. And-, and for the sake of them as well, like, you know, it's a horrible thing to admit to yourself and to admit everyone else like this happened. Yeah, and yeah, because I, I just, I just yeah. hope it's resolved in the best way it can be, and that people who you know deserve the justice get the justice they deserve. Well, exactly, and it comes on to the question of supposedly Captain Jack is in the next season of Doctor Who. Aye, what do you think they'll do? I don't know if it is confirmed 100% that he is. Mm. I would have thought it's very likely that he is returning I, or has returned. You know how the image of, and the brand of Doctor Who is nowadays. It's mm. it's very much um, acceptant of everyone, of all things, and has a, a particular comment it really wants to drive home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd argue it usually puts that at the front of stories even quite a lot of the time um so i think that they would just axe it they would completely axe it because they would lose a hell of a lot more money if you know they would lose a hell of a lot more money if they carried on and hurt the brand and then people would just be disinterested in in, yeah and i think even more so rather than i think the wrong thing to do is to think of the brand first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I think that you need to think about what this will do to people. Mm. And then secondly, they're going to think of the brand. Mm-hmm. My feeling the other day after all of this is that they will put Doctor Who on hiatus. Yeah, it's going to be a, quite if, a long time. If he, if John Barrowman is in the next season of Doctor Who without any of this being addressed... Mm. I would assume they will wrap up filming, mm. see if what they can salvage. Yeah, yeah, they they could. If he is it just in one episode, yeah. If he yeah. is just in one episode, that is maybe a filler. I highly doubt it, though. There are a lot of loose ends in Chibnall's stuff that need sort of tying together, mm. especially if supposedly Jodie is leaving. Mm. There is a lot that has to be done in this next season that's coming up. So my think, my feeling is. If John Barrowman is in the next season, Doctor Who will go on hiatus. Yeah, I, th- I think the same as well. Um, Which is very unfortunate, but yeah, it's it is. probably the right thing to do. Absolutely, because it, it, it's not just these individuals affecting other, um, you know, the people who have been abused by these people. It's everyone who worked with those people and... It's who, everybody who knew about everybody. this. Everybody, the whole production yeah. crew, you know, people need to be questioned. Needs to be internal investigations to figure out what exactly is going on here. I don't even think it's what it's why is this or why was this allowed to happen? Yeah, 
you know, it's fair. Because you got two the main characters of season one, and it's quite blatant that, you know, 20 people came forward and said, you know, yeah. this is not all on, you know, this is just not about Noel Clark and his uh, career, what happened there, but... Um, uh, yeah. You know, just someone had had to know. Yeah. Someone had to know. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just, it'll be on hiatus. There's way too much to... to yeah, the, the, to investigate uh, and find out what the hell's happening. You know, these careers of like Noel Clark and John Mar- Barrowman hopefully don't continue anymore, and they yeah, should. They shouldn't. They yeah, shouldn't no. be allowed to continue. You know, at at this present moment, obviously we don't know after recording this what will come out about the other side of like for John Barrowman. Yeah, but especially Noel Clark at the moment, his career, I hope, is in absolute tatters, yeah. and he does not recover from this. In you know. know because it's disgusting. It's, it's awful. It's absolutely disgusting. What a piece of shit. Cock. Yeah. Real dickhead. Yeah. And then, you know, we'll see see what happens with the whole John Barrowman thing. Because I never knew anything about that. No, I still don't really know what's happened with that, and I don't really want to know. Well, we won't, yeah, we, we won't comment on this, really, until, you know... See, just... it's, it's a difficult thing, because we're reacting to it as it's happening. And yeah, and and the thing is, essentially, we're just a podcast that's reviewing stories. Yeah, but these characters are part of the story. Yeah, so we just feel like we have to. Yeah, I, we yeah. have to say something, and I think that's fair. And uh, again, I apologise. I think we both do, really. Yeah. To anybody who's had to listen to this, that's been affected by anything. Like it is not our intent to trigger anybody no. or you know hurt anybody in that way. I think it's just important for our on our side mm. for us to talk about this in a way as us two just as two friends discussing yeah you know what's going on and i think saying that uh what we said about the Russell T Davis series yeah um being more you know accepting of everyone and things like that and not alienating people i mean there's there's arguably still Areas in in that series where they do alienate people, and mm. you know the, there are um, arguments to be made about fat shaming in this series. Yeah, like absolutely. Um, if it was intentional or not, I don't know. Um, or if it's just comic relief. Either way, if someone's feeling like that, um, I don't think. I d- I just hate to think that Doctor Who is is being you know reduced to this level. It's horrible. Yeah, it's really upsetting. It, to be fair, I wish, I wish we couldn't, we didn't discuss this. It's horrible. I don't because want to it shouldn't, this. it shouldn't have happened in the first place. No. It shouldn't get to the point where we have to yeah. discuss it because it shouldn't have happened in the first place. So, but I think we'll leave it there. You know, we we've said, said what we've got to say. Said really, what we? we've got to say. and yeah, we're only react, reacting to this as it happens and it might come out that worse things have happened or you know we were wrong on some things I, we don't know but yeah. this is what we know so far and we don't like it no absolutely not but yeah so should we should we carry on with the story should we carry on what we're here for what everyone's here for yeah so let's start off with act one so we got that metallic cylinder thing going straight to London don't we yeah, TARDIS going after it. They land, and 
the doctor goes into a club and like he's he's, he's asking around you know is anything fell from the sky recently everyone laughs you know well, why we'll 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 find out um rose finds a rope i'll yank that and goes <laughs> up and uh yeah we see a uh, little jamie for the first time eerie little bastard mm. there he is and um yeah and then we get introduced with jack so we get some lovely scenes of rose going over london and then the doctor finds a cat <laughs> strokes the cat for a bit and the phone starts ringing at the tardis mm. who could that be then nancy comes around the corner from nowhere and says don't answer it don't answer it just don't no <laughs> And then that's heading into uh, Act Two. So, what did we think? First off, I thought the beginning was brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. I think the straight in great. there. Yeah, yeah. Straight in there. Yeah. No messing. Straight in there. Yeah. <laughs> Things going. <laughs> that cylinders heading straight to London. We yeah. know what the risks are. We know what the. Um, what the job, you know, the, the the job the doctor's got to do, as he always does. Let's go. Um, it's almost it starts almost like a, the ending of a, an episode. Yeah, do you like we have to stop it before it hits the the planet. Yep. Um, Jedi land, and we mm. see Jamie the first time. He's a creepy fucker. It is very creepy. Yeah, it's, it's awful. so unnerving, mm. and it's it's brilliant. It's really really good, it is, isn't it? You know, and I love these. Obviously, this isn't a historical, but I love old Who historicals. Mm, I do, and the period setting sort of stuff because I love. The, I don't. I don't love the Second World War, but I love the history of the Second World yeah. War and stuff. And I love this this era, yeah. the aesthetic in this episode. Oh yeah, it's um, gorgeous. Yeah, and the it's BBC the is so good at this. Yeah, they're so good at period drama sort of stuff. Just their set dressing is excellent. Yeah. It Inside always has those been. houses, oh yeah, just lush with props. Yeah, um, you got cell tape on the windows. You got posters. Um, the costume is all accurate. Yeah, it it's just brilliant. Looks great, great, and it war torn Britain should be brown. Yeah, shitty, miserable, beige. Yeah, uh, and a little sprinkle of orange in there from all the bombs, <laughs> but uh, it's fantastic. Mm. Um. So, yeah, the doctor goes into the comedy club. I don't. It's not a comedy club. It's a jazz club or something. Yeah, like that, it's it? just a bar, isn't it? And he's like, pub, pub, pub. Uh, and he goes up, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. No one stops him. Doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Uh, great reveal at the time period. Yes. As anything fell from the sky, everyone laughs. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, that's just great writing. I really, really think Moffat's great. It's just these one-off episodes, one-off stories. Yeah, he wouldn't have been my immediate choice for um, for, to be the showrunner, but some of his stories are great. Yeah, yeah, they are great. Um, so Rose goes to yank that rope, doesn't she? doesn't look up to see what it's attached to that is yeah there's a massive barrage balloon yeah it always reminds reminds me i don't know whether you've seen dad's army 
No. There's an episode I know it, but... there's an episode of Dad's Army where they there's a barrage balloon mm. that as they've got to get rid of it. So they tie themselves to the barrage balloon and walk it out to the middle of a field. Mm. But it ends up that Captain Mannerin is still stuck to it. And then they have to go and chase the barrage balloon because he's stuck to it. Like, he's floating off. Yeah, just floating away. It always reminds me of that. Well, I don't know what it is about Moffat, but he loves dangling his characters from a rope or something going over London. What's that about? I don't know. What do you mean? Because it was the start of the 11th hour, dangling from the TARDIS. Oh, yes. It was in the 50th, dangling over London again. Yes. Oh, it's everywhere. I'm sure we had some of um, Capaldi, I think, as well. Uh, Victorian London. Yeah, and he does the skydive as well, Capaldi. And he does he? the skydive. I don't know what it is. It's not James Bond. <laughs> uh, but at least this one, I think, is the best. The first and the best one uh, they've done. Because it just looks great. And I love the fact that she's wearing the Union Jack. Union Jack. I mean, she keeps, it's like, you know, it's obvious she keeps going on and on about it, but this is great. Yeah, it was mentioned quite a lot, yeah, isn't a lot. it? That she's got a Union Jack on her chest. Mm. Well, no, it, it it's on your shirt, isn't it? But I get what you mean. But you're wrong there, Rose, aren't you? It's actually a Union flag, because a Union Jack is only on a ship. Yeah, I'm one of them. Yeah, all right then. <laughs> Oh, you'd be a shit doctor. Just be annoying. Awful. Um, Rose is actually... <laughs> I wouldn't have Rose as a companion. I'd kick her straight out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you go. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah. Um, doesn't look great, though. It looks awesome. Hmm. All those... I, I don't know why, but it just... I think because it's so dark. CGI always looks better. When it's dark. Yeah, yeah. low lit. And that's why uh, T-Rex and like Jurassic Park looks so good. Hmm. Because it's so you know lowly lit, uh, you don't you can't see as much as of the detail, and you have to fill in much of it with your imagination, and it just works so well. Yeah. Um. Um. Do you know that the what is it a zeppelin? What's it called? The barrage balloon. Yeah, it's practical, isn't it? Do you know that? No, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. It's nothing that exciting. It's just a just balloon miniature practical prop and. Oh right, nice. That's about it. They, oh. they, they matched it. Uh, they like matched her dangling. Keedon, is it? Yeah, Keedon. Look at him go. Um, hmm. Fascinating stuff. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Rose gets onto Jack's ship, doesn't she? Saved by Jack. Hmm. And, well, before then, we get Jack looking at her through the binoculars. Horrible. Horrible nice, nice scene. bottom. Yeah. And then he smashes that. Off. Yeah, it's horrible. Now, it's horrible. It is. I I like the character of Captain Jack. See, I don't. First and foremost, I don't like Captain Jack's character. He's always annoying, yeah. Yeah, unbearable. Um, But I, I always thought that was a, a mask for that character. And inside... There's going to be a reveal of sort of a damaged... Well, yeah, because and they never touched on this again, I don't think, but he's lost two years of his memory at this point. Um, he reveals to Rose and the Doctor, and he doesn't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy or anything like that. But. Well, the thing is, though, like we're, we're sort of led to believe that we like Captain Jack, but essentially he's a creep and a crook. 
Yeah, and as uh, Ace would say, it's all a con. It's all a con. <laughs> Wait. So but he's, no, yeah, he's a con he's, man. We're, yeah, why are we supposed to like him? I think and there's it's nothing like a redemption really, story, isn't it? But there's nothing really in this story that makes you like him. Yeah, he, he saves everyone from the bomb at the end. Oh, yeah, but why did they have to rescue him? Um, Because he's the saviour. I don't know, it's his fault that... Because I was wondering, oh, like, why does the bomb fall right there and then? And it's because all the floodlights are on at the end, aren't they? Yeah. Like, their only place in the blackout. To drop them? Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll uh, talk about that last scene because it's amazing. Um... <laughs> Yeah, we get just a. It's just I just don't like the scenes on the ship. I really don't. I don't like the the Rose Jack no thing. It's, it's very awkward. Yeah, it's it's yeah horrible. <laughs> it's just weird lines as well. I don't. I don't. No. Do they work in real life? No. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I have to get I have to get a flying ship and like get flying ship ship. <laughs> yeah, let me know. One. Let me know if I it will, works. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I saw them. They're only like fifty quid. So, That's all right, isn't it? Might get yeah. How many times do we hear Moonlight Serenade in this as well, Glenn Miller? Mm-hmm. It's their song. Awful. No, no, it's not an awful. No, you know, I like Glenn Miller. Oh, it's a crap song. Yeah, I hate it. Um, yeah, we just hear it a lot, don't we? Yeah. Bloody hell! Here we get it. We're <laughs> in wartime. Stop playing, Glenn Miller. <laughs> I had to play drums for that once. It was terrifying. Did you do it? Yeah, I didn't have any rehearsal. Did you do it well? I don't know. Well, that's that's for the audience to judge. I had to deck for somebody. Did they I, boo? Well, it was a few tomatoes, but I caught them and bit them and threw them away in jest whilst I was uh, oh. brushing away like a cool cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we haven't talked about Chris yet. We haven't. This is our first Christopher is, Eccleston yeah. story. What, what do you think of him? Hmm. I like Chris. Yeah? I do like Chris. Um, I I don't know. I, I don't feel like he's betraying the Doctor. Uh, but I feel like he's... He's betraying the idealisms of the Doctor just in a different way. Like, yeah, I don't really think he's really got the character down of the Doctor, at least in, like, the first few episodes. Yeah. But this is a different Doctor. This is just after he came from... Well, this is a damaged Doctor, isn't it? Um, He's not my favourite Doctor. No. At the time, I thought he was great. Mm. And then, sort of, you know, looking back... I don't think he's great. No. He's good. He's strong. He's obviously he's a really strong actor. Yeah. He's a great actor. Yeah. yeah. Um and he's very serious about hmm. his acting, isn't he? You know, he's he's a he's really in depth with everything. Like I don't that. think it's just him that you know, I'm not sure on it either. It's like I'm just not keen on the costume. I don't like the costume. No, it's a bit No, it doesn't work for me. Um Well, Funny, it's sort of, way just too plain. Yeah, a way fun sort of fact: Colin Baker, mm. you know the big coat, mm-hmm. colourful coat. That was, I think, that was the original plan for what his doctor. Oh, that's what he wanted to wear. 
No way. He wanted to wear like a leather jacket and be sort of all in black, sort of. Oh yeah, yeah. that's what he wanted to do. You couldn't be f- more opposite end of the scale, could you? Really? Oh, I, see. I thought you. He was asking for Colin Baker's. No, coat no, back. no. As in, Colin Baker wanted to dress the way Christopher Eccleston's doctor oh, at the I, time. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Christ. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been weird? Yeah. And you're not wearing that. You're wearing this. Yeah. Oh, what? That looks stupid. Mom. That looks stupid in that. You won't. You don't, Colin. You look lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and he was miserable for years. Yeah, that's it then. Um, but yeah, I th- I think he's good. He's strong in the, he's strong in the role. Yeah, he's super strong. I but mean, yeah, it's it's just not really for me. The the aesthetic of Chris's era and of David Tennant's era really I'm not a big fan of maybe it's it, maybe it's just the whole Russell era mm, it definitely has a feel to it I I feel like uh, it purposely distances itself from anything outside of ordinary life it'll purposefully make it super realistic you know, it, super real so like it's just you it can never be expected as being real you know it's fake and I yeah. think that's to draw more attention to those characters. Well, I've heard the comparison of it's like Hollyoaks in space. Uh, I mean... Which I sort of get... I think that's just due to the sort of more... The themes of the stories, aren't they? That they're very more... They're Earth-based. Yeah. So you get a sort of sense, especially in that first season, because we have Rose's whole family, don't we, really? Yeah. Like the centre of yeah, this. Yeah, and I suppose like the relationships and yeah. stuff like that. and it. That never really went away. No, um, which I think is a shame. <laughs> I do. Then you know, it, uh, Doctor Who had you care about its characters before all this. You, know, yeah. you didn't need uh, just needless scenes of just people. I don't even know what I'm saying. You can cut it, that yeah. out. <laughs> no, this I know what you mean. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, extra baggage. That see, there's not filler, but I think it's just written with the thought that people will. It's sort of an integral bit, but it, it isn't really. No, it's just a filler. No, but it's not intentional filler. It's just yeah. you know, looking back on it, you think, well, we don't, we don't care about this. No, so why are you telling us? But, it's not really real. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of people say that about the podcast. Well, you know, we don't care about this, but why are you telling us? Do they? Yeah, loads. We have loads of bad feedback. Huh. Oh, well. Um, oh, well. But, yeah. Yeah. Let's carry on with the story. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think of Chris. Yeah. The, um, he, he, I like Chris. I just like Chris. I just like Chris. He'll never be at the bottom. He's too good of an actor to be at the bottom. No, he's, but, he's a great actor. Great um, actor. Yeah. Just not my doctor. No, not mine either. Sorry. It's all right. Sorry. So, swooping into back two, mm-hmm. uh, we Nancy. We haven't talked about Nancy. Okay. What do you think of Nancy, or do you want me to go first? Um, I love Nancy. I think she's lovely. I think she played really well. Okay. And um, I just get her character completely. I know exactly what they were going for, and it works. Hmm. Uh, it's a lovely character, and she has a lovely arc. Finally, a character who has an arc. But yeah, I thought Nancy was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, I kind of wish Jamie had a line. 
well, more of a line than just where's my mummy and stuff like mm. that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the scenes as well with yeah, you know, at the end of episode one, where like she's carrying the table and stuff like that. Mm. Um, while Jamie's coming in, you just get a sense like she's been there before. Yeah, she's been in that situation before, and uh, even when he leaves, she's like cuddled and cuddled in the corner. It's just fantastic. Yeah, it is great to watch. Um, perfect for the story. What do you think? Um, I thought she's fantastic. Mm. She's one of my favourite things about this story. Yeah. Um, Florence Hoth, Hoth, her name is. She doesn't act anymore. She's no. Yeah, she's retired. Um. I think she's excellent. Yeah. I think she's really, really good. Really good casting as well. Yeah. She looks of the time as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes with with period stuff, it's hard to get away from the fact that people look different. Especially Uh, nowadays when you've got, you know, big-named teenage celebrities starring in World War It's like people are too attractive. Yeah. Do uh, do you know what I mean? It's... I'm not saying she's not attractive. I'm just saying it's... Oh, God, yeah. It's... Uh, yeah. She just looks of the time. Yeah. It's great. When you say attractive, it's like... They could... Uh, a building could blow up with them inside and they come out and they've still got all their makeup on. <laughs> they've just got a little bit of soot on their yeah. cheek. Where Nancy... <laughs> she, yeah, she's... She's a yeah. fucking mum. Yeah, she's great. She's such and a good character. N- yeah, and there's nothing in her life that matters more than just being a mum. Yeah, and well, it, it, everything yeah. like a costume and the makeup, uh, the makeup artists have done, uh, the hair and stuff like that everything reflects of her just being in that time period and it's being just, that character. Yeah, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. If I will say for me, if Captain Jack wasn't in this story, yeah, and maybe the whole the dancing element, but that is down to Captain Jack. Yeah, this is a ten out of ten. Yeah. To be honest, I don't want Captain Jack in it. No, it's, it's absolutely not the place. fantastic. But you got to think, uh, it is a dark and dreary episode. Sorry. You do need to bring some light in it, but do yeah. you? Does it need that? Is it more creepy that the whole story is dark? But it, you, you could probably you could solve it with a bit of writing, couldn't you? But yeah. the, the whole story is written to introduce Jack because he causes this and finishes mm. it, and it's, it's a great. Way of writing him in. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's really clever, like how these like zombie people yeah. come about. It's really cool. I asked my mum what she thought of uh, Captain Jack. Oh. She went, "Ugh, ah." It used to be for the mums, didn't he? Yeah. I don't, I just don't like the character. No. I never have. Never ever have. Never ever ever have I ever. Um. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Nancy, well, the air raid goes off, yep. that horrible, horrible sound. It's awful, isn't it? I've always hated it. There was a, um, there's a, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate doing that. Boom! Uh, there's a fire station near where I used to go to school, and every now and again, mm. probably about twice a year, You'll be in PE, doing PE, and you'll hear the siren go off. They were doing some sort of test or something. Do you know what I was just going to say? Everyone stopped. Yeah. We were, you know, we're kids. We were, we were like almost 100 years ago, this was. 
No, it's not. It's like no. <laughs> it's like sixty odd years ago. Yes. You know, we weren't alive then, but we know what that sound is. And we all look up. Yeah, it's weird, isn't oh, it? Oh, it was awful. I remember as a kid, obviously growing up in North Wales, and, um, well, there's a pit, a coal pit that's not that far from here. It's only down the road, like a while down the road. And every Thursday morning, they would do the siren from the pit. Oh, why? Just to, It's just like a security, uh, not security, like just to test the warning, mm. you know, thing for the pit. For the safety. God, that is ingrained in my memory, that noise. Mm. It's horrible. Just... It's the only word is haunting, isn't yeah. it? It's horrendous. There's a, oh, I nearly said where we are, but there's um, there's a museum, isn't there, that's not too far from here. It's down the road yep. in the town centre. And they've got an air raid siren in the roof. No, And we why? went there on a school trip. It's, I don't know. I don't know why it's just put it up there. It's, well, I think it is. It was there, so they've they've just sort of kept it there. Okay. God, it's deafening. They let oh. you have a go. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it a crank yeah. wheel oh, thing? Oh, it's horrible, yeah. horrendously loud. It's terrifying. It is a horrible, horrible sound, and I reckon that brings us nicely to the sound direction in this episode. I think it's bloody brilliant. Mm. Constantly, you've got. Um, Sounds of planes, bombs going off. Obviously, the sirens horrible. Um, I concur. Mm, uh, I mean, scenes are quiet when they need to be quiet. Um, you got really cool um, devices used where you'll hear, say, like the film reel um, in that scene where they go to where Jamie was studied in that hospital. Yes. And the film reel spinning, 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 but the track's still playing. Mm. And you've got the typewriter as well, while the characters are talking, the typewriter in the background. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's truly great. Um, what do you think of the music? Music. I think the music's good. Mm. Um, I've been trying to work it out, because it's the BBC Concert Orchestra, isn't it, I think, that Murray Gold uses. Yeah. But I'm sure it isn't. I don't think it's real. I don't. I don't think he's using the concert orchestra. I th- I think it's all VSTs and fake strings and stuff. Right. I don't think it's real. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm sure it's not real in the theme either. Not really. In the theme tune. It doesn't sound. There's no air. Yeah. No Do stage. You know, well, it's just. It's it sounds boxy. I don't know. It could be something to do with the dub, but yeah, I'd put money on that it isn't real. Okay. Uh, there's a, what is it? I think there's a flute, or maybe it's an oboe or something. There's something at at some point in the story. Mm. There's something that doesn't definitely sounds fake. Right. It's a, only if you're listening for it. It doesn't sound bad, I'm not saying that. It's up to us to work out where it is and what it is. You do that. <laughs> Listen to it with the sound off and see if you can find it. Ah. Um, but yeah, I think the music's pretty good. There's no glaring themes that no. are sort of... Oh, God. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. There's none of that yet. Um, yeah. I thought it's, it tied it's quite good. nicely yeah, with yeah, the time nice. period as well. It's nice. Yeah. Got to hold it up. What does that even mean? 
I don't know. Gotta hold it up. Let's just go move on. Um, oh. Yeah, the end of Act One. Yes. I know we, we're on to Act Two now, but uh, you know when Nancy says, don't answer the phone to yes. the doctor? Then she just disappears. I couldn't really... I remember the story, obviously. Yeah. I completely forgot about the Nancy character. I really? Th- I thought, is she real? Or is she the alien? I couldn't remember how it resolved. It's strange, isn't it? I, you know, I remembered bits of the story, and I remember um, the thing that I'm looking up now. Uh, Richard Wilson as Dr. Constantine. I remember him mm. very specifically. Yeah, yeah. But... I couldn't remember how it resolved or like what the plot really was. I remember the things that scared me. So I thought, is she an alien that I could? I don't know. And when she disappears, because it happens twice, isn't it? I think where she just sort of disappears. Is it twice? Uh, I maybe th- just the once. What does the doctor do? Doctor do it to her? Maybe. I think I'm just making that up. I don't know. I really don't know. But um, yeah, I th- I just assumed she was an alien at first. An alien. Yeah, I did. I just assumed she oh, was. She's an alien. a sleuth, you know. She's a sleuth. She's a sleuth. Why you guys? Why are you saying it like that? I don't think I can say it any other way, to be honest. Sleuth. Why you say it sounding Welsh? Sleuth. 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 Um, you know, she goes. She goes into houses and f- tries to find some food yeah. for her kiddies, and you know. Aye. Um. So it makes sense. She must have darted though. Oh yeah. Okay. She's looking away. <laughs> <laughs> Running away. Yeah, smoking those cigars. Come on, Nancy. And that brings us to. Oh, thanks, Miss. Mm. He, the doctor does do it to her at the dinner table. When oh, all the, yes. the air raids yeah, off, yeah, yeah. Nancy and the kids have gone inside some other poor bugger's house and they're all eating that lovely roast. Oh, it looks so nice as well, mm. doesn't it? <laughs> oh, God, I want that now. Hungry now. I know, starving. <laughs> Should we just stop this and just go and eat something? Mm. Well, we've got two scones staring at us. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice cup of tea in a bit. Oh. Nice cup of tea. Aye. Keep going. Uh, um... What do you think with the, all those kids? Well, the boys really. The girls don't really speak, do they? Ooh, they're fine. Yeah, but it's... usually you're just like not a fan of kid actors, so. Yeah, I'm not a fan of child actors at all. But they're fine. They're not, like, annoying. And they're there for a nice reason when you yeah. find the resolve at the end. It's, mm. it's really nice. I, I just like Chris's dynamic with them, I thought. Was, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty it's good. It's really nice. Yeah. I mean, that's how you do it. It wasn't cheesy. It was just honest. and Yeah. He's trying to be a bit dad jokey, isn't he? But yeah, it's really it's works. Fine. Yeah, it works really well. How the fuck he got on that table without anyone noticing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, this this uh, lovely scene of them eating dinner goes towards the front door. Hmm. They got a visitor. It's Jamie. It is. This uh, this scene and the one where Doctor Constantine. Oh yeah. Transforms yeah. these two stuck in my mind. Um, I don't think I was ever afraid of like the actual monster in this, but it's just the scenarios that was scary, and I was always terrified of like World War Two and stuff. Mm. It's just a horrific time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so just fantastic, mm. fantastic seeing this. Nancy's shitting herself. 
<laughs> yeah, I think it's re- she's really convincing. As, yeah, she's really yeah. convincing, and I'm so glad she just leaves him. And I fuck off, then I got these yeah. kids to look after. Bollocks to them. I had no inkling as well that we obviously we find out spoiler alert that um it's Nancy's son, isn't it? Yeah, not her brother. Yeah, I had no inkling of it whatsoever. It's good though, isn't it? It's brilliant. It is good. It's really it? good. This whole time. Yeah. That's why. Um, I mean, yeah, that's not seen done, really. Um, he goes to the hospital. Ho- <laughs> <laughs> goes to the hospital then, doesn't he? Hospital. Yeah. Hospital. Mm. In an ambulance. Because mm. <laughs> the doctor asks, like, well, I need to know what's happening. Yeah. And Andy's like, well, go talk to the doctor. Wink at the camera. Not that doctor. Come Wait. on. Uh, Dr. Constantine, a.k.a. Victor Meldrew. Victor Meldrew. That's um, a terrible impression. Yeah, Sorry, terrible. everybody. And it's the same hospital that the pig was in. Oh, in is it? the Slitheen episode. Am I boring you? Yeah, you are. It's <laughs> a <laughs> big yawn, then. Um, and... Oh, it's dark and eerie in this hospital, isn't it? The hospital's great. Why is there no one in there? Well, because of what is... They've all been taken over, haven't they? They've all been touched. Everyone in the hospital? Please stop saying hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Surely not. Yeah, everybody's... He says that, doesn't he? And there's nurses lying in the beds as well. Oh, yeah, I guess. So he's sort of... He's locked himself in there because it's his duty as the doctor, you know, to look after Oh, here we go. God, doctors and their morals... Um. Yeah, so he just locks himself in, doesn't he? I think to do what he can. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, so just locked himself in morals and all that, and uh, Chris is surveying the area, mm. and then he just comes out around the back. So all right, yep. Hey, what's been happening here then? Well, it, you know the. All the people have the same injuries. Right. That's impossible. Scans one, scans another, scans another, and this scene lasts. <laughs> Good. Are they getting their money's goes, worth out yeah. of that sonic <laughs> screwdriver prop? Um, but I'm so surprised how they were audacious enough to get such close-ups of these masks and, like, the fuse. Yeah. Because the fuse to the skin, aren't they? And it's so convincing. Yeah, well, it's, it looks it's, real. It's really good, yeah. Um, like when I think of a gas mask fuse skin, I think of that. It's, yeah. Um, but really, really, really good. Then we get that dreaded scene where Victor Meldrew. <laughs> <laughs> should we? We should just say as well for any American listeners or people not in oh, Britain, yeah. Victor Meldrew was a character from One Foot in the Grave that mm. Richard Wilson, Doctor Constantine, was. Uh, Starred in. Starred in, yeah. It's a beloved show in this country. It's brilliant. It's great. Oh, it's great. It's Eric Idle, that, isn't it? Monty Python. Singing the theme tune. Sing the theme tune. Oh, that's that's a topic of note as well. Um, Keep on. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. Neither do I. I don't even that. I don't. I don't even know what that means. I would have tuned out about five minutes ago. Well, I just, I just just listened just to let him know that you know. Mm, with that, add another listener. Yeah, do a story alike. 
Mm. So yeah, there's, there's the the scene then, isn't there? Which is probably my abiding memory. Is that the right word? No, I've never heard that before, but you go with it. I'll go with it. I'm, I'm going to go I'm in. Wrong. I'm going to go in. I'm going to go for it. My abiding memory of this story is the scene where Dr. Constantine gets gets his mask pulled out of his mouth. You know, transforms. The CGI is not great, but it's not oh, dreadful. It's pretty good. It's disturbing. It's disturbing, but you can see that you can see it a lot with um with a lot of early Doctor Who and probably stuff of this time as well. That you can you can see who's gonna have some CGI done to them a couple of cuts before it mm, happens. Yeah. Why is that? To make it a bit um more seamless. Maybe less jarring. I'm trying to pin down what it is. They're lit slightly differently, aren't they? Yeah. Is that what it is? Uh, maybe. They look a bit plasticky, don't they, when you yeah, see them? Yeah, they do. I don't, I don't know I what know it what is. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And there was another one where Captain Jack either appears or disappears. It's where he disappears when they're outside at the end and he, dis- he teleports to his ship, doesn't yeah. he, or something. You could, I could see that something was going to happen with him in a minute because he was, <laughs> he was looked different to all yeah. the other characters. I wonder what that is. Um... Are they just like are they cutting him out? Is that what it is before they do whatever it is to it? I don't know how CGI works. There's like loads that. of processes you can do. Um, I really don't know. Uh, usually, one of the hardest things to do is matching computer-generated images with reality. Well, it's all the lighting, that isn't yeah. it? Yeah, like it must be such a. I wouldn't even like to start. I wouldn't know where to start. No. Because you can instantly hard. tell if yeah. somebody's too light or too dark for whatever the backdrop is. Yeah. And I think that was what it was outside, that they were outside at night, but Captain Jack wasn't, obviously he wasn't like in broad daylight, like a bright character, but he was, the shadow, the this flare. Yeah. You can see there's a light somewhere that's sort of, to make sure they can get the fringe in probably, yeah. isn't it? Get that outline. Yeah. Perhaps that's what it is. Perhaps they're just lit to make sure you can you can cut them out properly. I don't know. Because it's not HD at this point either, is it? So I don't know what they're filming at. I don't know what I'm talking about. No, I don't, I, I don't. I, I, it's pointless saying anything because yeah. I don't know. I can't give you answers. Oh, that's sad, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, well, we don't need to be speculating, but in any case, they look strange. They look wet. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that, yes. <laughs> they do. Yeah. But well, Victor Meldrew looks wet in this, but it might because he's straining so much. He I want, must have yeah. shat himself. <laughs> he must have. I've never seen anyone strain dead so much. Dead dead. That's pretty good. That one was yeah. all right, that one, wasn't it? Yeah. They're not dead. He's got a lot of depth, though, hasn't he? Mm. I haven't got that depth. You haven't got to have the depth. Should we carry on? Yeah, it's us. How do Rose and Jack get there again? They just wander in, don't they? Pass. Don't uh, know. Um, they just decide to go there. I can't really remember why. Perhaps, the, yeah, I think they've made... Um, yeah, they follow them in, don't they, I think? Oh, shit, because... Yeah, yeah, because Jack's... <laughs> oh, shit! You know, Jack's selling... He's a con man, he's yes. selling... He's got, taking Rose to the... And the people guard in the hospital, he's... It's the bloke that he smacks his ass, isn't it? 
Yes. Yeah. So that's how he gets in, doesn't it? Yes. Because um, we're to are we to assume that he's got a thing with with one of the guards? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's how he gets in, then, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because when when he's looking, problem solved. When he's looking at Rose, uh, the, you know, at the beginning with those uh, binoculars, um, he says, "Nice bottom," and then the soldier says, "Not right." place or time or something like that mm. he gives a shit um, <laughs> uh, yeah but they're there now and they're there uh, uh, so by the end of episode one now and every, all the characters are there and they all sit up all the gas mask people scary yep. that uh, following through to episode two and Chris says go to your room yeah well, I never like that <sighs> It's good, but it's... Another take. I don't even think it's another take. I think the idea of it is clever. Yeah. It works. Yeah. But... I think it's just Chris saying it. I don't don't like it. Yeah, but you know at the end where he said there's nothing of him left? He Mm. can't remember just Nancy saying, yes, I am your mother. Why is it going to recognise go to your room? pass <laughs> plot reasons uh so later on we get like some dancing scenes don't we uh because they're all escaping from these zombies um and we got a, a weird dynamic between like the doctor's screwdriver and jack's square screwdriver gun sonic thing yeah i mean it's a cockfight isn't it it is. Like well, yeah. Sword yeah. fighting. And Rose is talking in the background. Yeah. And this is like one of the moments in the story where I just felt the dialogue was really strange. It's like they were on a pl- in a play and Jack would speak, the doctor would speak in their own conversation. And yeah. Rose in the background. And then they both stop for a second. Rose says her line and then they come back. It's just strange. It happens a few times in in the story as well, but I think it's just like growing pains. I mean, it's early on, isn't it? It yeah. Um. It yeah. It was. It's an odd scene that. Yeah. It feels uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a, I forgot a lot of the second episode. I remember the first episode really well, and the latter half of the episode too. But the the, the connecting bits in the middle. I think it could have been a one parter. Hmm. Yeah, I do as well. Yeah, it'd have been a very full one parter, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think it could have worked. Yeah, definitely could be a one parter. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, a a thing I wasn't sure on. How does the empty child have telekinesis? How does that work? I'm very unsure about the whole monster premise of the story yeah so i think so the the mon the monster at the end of the day is these little nanobots that hmm. repair your damaged tissue or or what does the doctor say it's like part of the ship isn't it yeah so it's, if, it's it's for war and battle yeah to get it to re- um yeah, it's like health, re- isn't it? Yeah, Just, it's, it's like health in a game. Yeah, but uh, also gets you ready. It's like aggro, gets you ready for battle as well. Gets you in that mood. So we are to assume then that 
the it comes into well no, we're not meant to assume it comes into contact with the dead child yeah but there's not enough of him left for them to rebuild so they just rebuild it as a sort of as a shell with maybe the last thing it said with none of the memories don't know pass yeah, I, I think really that's what I'm it is because sure. I, I get the mask thing it's fused you know it it isn't now I'm, I'm I don't know I mean the gas mask isn't. Um, like flesh and blood and things like that. Like, it's it's it, inanimate yeah. material. I don't. I'm not sure why it would even think that if it's that smart to give a little kid superpowers and telekinesis. It's yeah. I know what you mean. It's. I think it works fine though. It's not. It's not a glaring issue for me. No, not really. It's just sort of a bit. Mm, I just feel even... like all the other zombies are suddenly utilized. They're just there. It's fodder, aren't they? Really. Yeah. Just like oh. Clouds coming. Yeah. It's fairly dark. I think there's going to be a bit of rain later, but... Oh, look at that one there, little... You know, that's Jamie. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the the idea of the monster I find fine. It's... Yeah. It's I fantastic. Think. I think it's fantastic. The, yeah, the monster's great. I think how it's resolved is slightly... Not even it's not even poor. It's just a bit, maybe a bit thin. I think it has a lot of time at the end. They do take. They do make sure that you understand. Yeah. The end. So it's the it's the fact that Nancy hugs her son. Yeah. And the nanobots sort of go to repair her as well, and it sort of makes it as one, like brings takes it's her memories. That, like, biology, the, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Which is clever. Yeah. Um, all the zombies just wait. <laughs> this whole time they just wait there and it's like, look. Just stood. Look off. Um, well, I suppose they're all following... Ja- is it Jamie? Yeah. Yeah. They're all following Jamie, aren't they? Yeah. To a certain point that he's like the the main one or the we, first one. Yeah. So, Yeah. It's fine. I think it's fine. Yeah, it's I think fine. it resolves really well. It, yeah, to be fair, it does. Um, you you got to nitpick because we're miserable bastards. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's it's lovely. Um, apart from, why the fuck is Jack straddling the bomb at the end? I don't like Jack. <laughs> <laughs> What's that about? Oh, it's just. Oh, why would you I have to know. do that? There's some. There's some. Uh, I'm not going to say that. I anything. saved the day. Me. I'm straddling this bomb. None of you cunts are. None of you. I saved the day. It's all me. Yeah. It's, yeah. And then he goes up t- into space with the bomb. Yep. Why does he, doesn't he just leave it in space? Just drop out the ship? They can't get it out, can he? I don't think. Why? Supposedly. Well. <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, he was going to put it in a escape pod, isn't he? And it, then the computer says, no, we haven't got one of them. Computer says no. Oh, check under the sink. Yeah. Um, you don't use an escape pod. Just like open the door and let it out. Yeah, but yeah, but it'll kill him as well. Oh, it, it never does that in Doctor Who. <laughs> That's true. It never does that. Yeah. Should have had a gas. He could have had a mask. Not a gas mask. That would have been cool. It? Yeah. No, um, it wouldn't. Alien tech. <laughs> Mind you, he's got the nanobots, hasn't he? So they could have got a way around that by jettisoning it. Close the door, nanobots repair him. However, 
we do get a lovely, lovely shot of uh, the TARDIS connected to Jack's ship. Yeah. And Jack's ship going through space looks great. Yeah, it does look great, to be fair. I, d- I couldn't believe it. I was like, this isn't 2005. They must have gone to space and done it themselves. It must have. Must it- have cost a fortune. <laughs> You got that slow hum of the TARDIS as that shot's pulling yeah, out. Yeah, it's lovely. Oh, Christ. Shame Rose is there, but <laughs> at least Chris is there to save the day. Yeah. I, I remember that TARDIS console being iconic at the time as well. I'm not a fan of it. But. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, it's such a great reveal, isn't it, into that console mm. room? But, yeah. And then they save Jack, don't they? And go about their day. Yeah. About their day, the next episode is four. Tell you what, though, the uh, next episode is all about like the quiz shows, isn't it? And oh, yes, which I think relates to your episode, you know, where you have to perform, all right, in front of like an audience. I suppose there's a hidden death, yeah, to uh, you know, I mean, I know what you mean, I get you, um. But yeah, so that that's the empty child doctor dances, essentially, isn't it? Have you got any more sort of thoughts on it? Um, the doctor insinuates that he's Father Christmas at the end. Well, yeah, but it's just a joke, isn't it? I don't. Chris doesn't joke. <laughs> he never jokes. We already know that Nick Frost is Santa Claus. Oh yeah, God. The end of the last one, that wasn't it. It's a running theme now, isn't it? <laughs> Father, you got Blackpool, I got Father Christmas. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. It's fine. I don't mind those sort of little jokes like that in Doctor Who. I think it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, one of the, one of the main things for me that spoils the story is really Captain Jack. Mm. Um. I don't like the character, and I think the story, yeah, with a bit of jiggling, could have survived without him. Um, but yeah, I, 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 if I was basing my thoughts on the the character of Captain Jack from this episode, I'd think he's a cunt. But, um, haven't watched Torchwood. I know it's not great, but it really expands his character, and he goes through a lot in that show. Um. And I, I just really like how that pans out and his whole arc and things like that and how it develops. Um, and that's why I like him, but... Yeah. yeah. What do other people think? I can well, tell you what. Nope. Well, we um, we ran a poll to see what people thought of uh, Captain Jack. And I think we had... I think it was 20 votes altogether on this one. Um, so the choices were like, indifferent and dislike... What do you think? Have you seen the results? No, I never look at the results. Okay. What do you think? Um, was this before the allegations? Or yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I reckon 50% like. Okay. Um, and a mixed bag of the other. Yeah. Yeah. So, like came in at 33.3%. Okay. Indifference, 16.7%. And dislike fifty percent. How many votes? Uh, twenty. Okay. It was eighteen or twenty. Something. It was somewhere around, around yeah. there. 
Um, so we got some. Um, we got one piece of feedback on Captain Jack. Okay. Uh, from Christopher Page, like River Song, I liked Jack at first. The constant returning of the character grows tiresome. They always build it up like it's some amazing return, but it never feels like he left. Nothing against Barrowman, but Harkness needs to fade away. They do keep bringing him back for no apparent reason. Well, they won't now. Well. <laughs> hopefully not. Anyway. Hopefully not. But, um, yeah, that's that's interesting, that. 50% dislike Captain Jack. Like I didn't think that. I thought a lot of people did like Captain Jack. I I don't and didn't. Yeah, I thought a lot of people liked him as well. Yeah, but perhaps that's the program convincing you that. Yeah. We'll keep bringing this character back until you like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that's interesting. I like the polls. I think we'll I like carry the on the polls. Yeah, I like the polls. Um. Yeah. So should we uh, should we move on? Yeah, I just want to reiterate that that poll was done before all this. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That comment. Um, the, you know, all the feedback we got is before then, so... Yeah, all of this, everything was uh, pre-allegation-y stuff that came out. Yeah. Um, so, moving on to The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Okay, so, The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Season 25, Serial 4, aired from the 14th of December, 1988. Eight to the 4th of January 1989 uh, written by Stephen Wyatt directed by Alan Waring produced by Jonathan Turner and the music is by Mark Ayres it is four episodes long would you like a horrifically long synopsis? Uh, yeah let's make it really long the 7th Doctor and Ace head for the psychic circus on the planet Saganox where they meet a desperate group of performers and visitors, including self-centred explorer named Captain Cook and his companion Mags, and a biker known as Nord. The circus itself is dominated by the sinister chief clown and his deadly troop of robot clowns, who organise a talent contest in which all visitors take part. The audience consists of a single strange family, mother, father and daughter, seated at the ringside. Although hindered by the treacherous cook, the Doctor eventually discovers that the circus hides a terrible secret. The family are in reality the gods of Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Powerful creatures with an insatiable craving for entertainment who invariably destroy those who fail to please them. With Ace's help, the Doctor ends the gods' influence on Seganax and returns the circus to the control of its original owners. Lovely. Wopper, wopper, wopper. Uh, I'll thoughts, <laughs> views. Oh, right. Can I just get this out of the way? You can say I whatever th- you like. Uh, what's his name? This this doctor now, Sylvester McCoy. I think he's crap, but he's so funny to watch. He's brilliant, but he's crap as a doctor. I don't like him. In my opinion, he's not. You know, I don't. I just think, in my opinion, he's crap. A lot, a lot of people aren't a fan of McCoy. Uh, my man being one of them. <laughs> he's my man. My mom. Oh, ma'am. Ma'am. Right. Ma- yeah. Um, <laughs> my mother. Uh, yeah, she hates him. <laughs> I don't hate him at all. It's just not. Uh, it's just it's a it's a strange portrayal, isn't it? And it? He is not an actor at the end of the day. Mm. At this point, 
you know, he's, he's different now. He's 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 a much stronger actor now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, what do you, what do you think of the story? Now this It's a tough one, isn't it? No. Oh right, okay. <laughs> I loved it. Really? Yeah, it's so much fun. It just doesn't give a shit. Uh it's just it's really enjoyable to watch. I have no idea why. Well, I hope to have an idea. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh god, it's just so funny. It's such a joy to watch. And I wouldn't want any other doctor than Sylvester in it. I think he's the best choice for the story. Yeah, um, if you had to do the story, because it, conceptually it's a, just a poor idea. Non, like the end does not really make sense. I'm, I'm not too certain uh, what happens there. Mm. The characters are. I, they, I, I don't know what the hell's happening. I don't know anything. It's like a fever, fever dream, but it's so funny, and it's, it's got this horribly depressing undertone throughout the locations are brilliant yeah so yeah i i, I pretty much agree i think I d- i'm probably not as fond of it as you are but um but then again this era isn't an era that i go back to that often it's uh, season 25 it's a tough year for doctor who with stuff but this is probably second level story of this season. It's not the best of the season, but it's right. not it's not the worst. There's there's far worse stuff in this season. Oh, in I my can't opinion. wait to watch those. Um, what was the episode we watched where it was Sylvester again? Curse of Fenric. Yes, is that's in the last series, isn't it? Yes. Second to last story. So this is a prerequisite to that because it's about Valhalla, not Valhalla, you know Ragnarok and you know, yeah. that Norse mythology. So yeah, what? <laughs> sort of make that face. So this is directly linked to that episode, isn't it? No. Yeah. Why? Just because it's funny. Oh, right. You just, oh. It's great. I prefer this one to the other one, Curse of Fenric. Oh, no, I prefer the Curse of Fenric to this. Nah, it's too serious and boring. Um, this one's where I'm at. <laughs> so, uh, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll summarise the story, the episodes. I'm going to do what I did last week and just take them from Britbox. Because I'm lazy like that. Yeah. So, four parts. Episode one, the Doctor and Ace meet the other visitors to the Psychic Circus on Seganax. Episode 2, Captain Cook goes to extreme measures to ensure he's not the next to face the odd family. Uh, episode 3, Ace must stop the chief clown as the Doctor realises that he's next into the ring. And Episode 4, the Doctor must entertain the gods of Ragnarok in the Dark Circus. So, <laughs> there's a school of thought on this story that it is a comment on Doctor Who as a whole. Hmm. I'm not sure how much I believe it. Now, what do you mean? Can you well, that's what I mean. Extrapolate. I'm, let me extrapolate for you now. So, it's supposedly a comment on Doctor Who at the time. So, the greatest show in the galaxy, right, is the program. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is like satire. It's not like well. The greatest show in the galaxy is the program. Wizkid 
is the fan. Yeah? Yeah. The gods of Ragnarok are the BBC. Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah? Trying to think what else. Um, Captain Cook is the old um, actors. Right. The lady with the stall outside is like the non-fan. Like all of these weirdos. Like, uh, you know... And if the, if the show doesn't perform well, the gods, the BBC, will axe the programme. Right. Who made this up? It's been floating. This has floated around since the story. Right. I don't know. You can do parallels like that for any story. I think this one in particular. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it's probably most likened to that theory, but... It definitely, I would argue that it wasn't on purpose. Because when you start having, I don't maybe actually, that it would make sense. Because if, because I was going to say that if you have like a intelligent concept like that, and you would have thought that that would span across the entire episode, that mm. it would all support that theory. It doesn't, there's a lot. Most of this episode is crap. However, yeah, in my opinion, um, maybe it, that theory was the main justification to make this story, and so the characters were written into f- uh, to that agenda. And as you can see, they, they 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 thought that theory is more important than actually making a good story to prove a point, or someone just wrote it for like it's in like two really hours. Yeah. And and just couldn't be asked. So what do you, so what do you think of the overall plot? It's 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 not it's it's not very clear. No, because so the whole thing with um the Sylvester era is the whole um Andrew Cartmel master plan. So Andrew Cartmel was the script editor, and had this plan for the Doctor to be much more than meets the eye, like he's a lot more in control. So, in this story, the gods of Ragnarok, he has met before. He says it in the story. We have never met them. Right, okay. And he knows everything that is going to happen in this story. Which is similar to the Curse of Fenric. It's the Sylvester McCoy era is like that. That he is doing all of these things to end up with 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 an end goal, with an end game. There's an Avengers reference oh, for God. you. You like that, don't you? No. So So he already knows how the story's gonna conclude. Yes. And Supposedly. He, okay. But the, but it seems as if that was written in at the end because there's certain bits where it just he doesn't know where the circus is at the beginning. <laughs> when they're in the circus he sees the stones in the ring and he doesn't know what they are, but he mm-hmm. thinks they're interesting. Do you know what I mean? There's like little yeah. bits that make don't make sense. So, but then again, Andrew Cartmel wasn't an experienced script editor at this point. He had this great plan for making the Doctor godlike, yeah, and sort of he has all of this power that we've never seen before. But maybe his script editing wasn't I, that great. I just don't see how that's really impressive. He has the power of hindsight. Whoa. Uh. Well, I think it's. <laughs> There's a there was a big plan to sort of make the Doctor God 
essentially. I think Tenant's era, the latter, you know, the, the like the specials. Yeah. Um, did that really well in a, a weird way. I've already, we've already talked about this, haven't we? Where like, yeah. Um, he does just decides just to play God. Yeah. And that has a huge negative impact on one of the characters, and huge negative impacts on the the Doctor. Um, that's really interesting, but I don't think. I don't know. It's hard to say because we never saw Sylvester McCoy's end, did we? Not really. So we don't really know how it was going to wrap up. But you can't just... this. It's just so funny, the end of this, where like the whole time he's clueless to what's going on, and I'm clueless to what's going on. But then he walks out the circus like he knew the whole time. Oh, and I badass. And then the thing blows up behind him like Power Rangers. Yeah. It's no fuck off, dog. He didn't know. It's enjoyable to watch, but the, I think that the there's some issues with the story, isn't it? That it doesn't really hang true, mm. and the holes start to just sort of become gaping. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's sort of it's just not very clear. It's enjoyable, but do not think about it whatsoever. No. Um, have a few beers. Yeah, watch it pissed. Yeah. Like Keith said about the Warriors of the Deep. Watch yeah. it pissed and it'll be great. Um, well, let's go through the characters then. There's a lot of double acts, I suppose, in this, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, the Doctor and Ace. We've already discussed those in The Curse of Henrik, but what do you think? Um, yeah, so I already gave you my thoughts on uh, the Doctor. I just think he's just funny. Hmm. He's so out of character for me that... All right, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Fantastic. He's so fun to watch. So yeah, he's 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 not one of my favourites, but he's ve- he's fun. Yeah, like you said, fun to watch. What did you think, Vase? Um, I didn't think much of it at first, but I I don't know. I still don't really know. I, think, I, I, yeah, I don't probably, not like it. You I probably like... need to see more of Ace. Yeah. Don't you? Um, the the feeling is that she was the prototype for Rose. Yeah. I've heard, yeah, he's, he's and you past. can see that. Yeah. I think um, she's very human, isn't she? Mm. And she looks really young in this. Yeah, she does. Um, I don't know how old Sophie Aldred was at this point. Yeah. I'm assuming she's sort of our age, twenty five, twenty six, something like that. Mm. Maybe a bit younger, but she's playing a sixteen year old. I think she's supposed yeah. to be, isn't she? Sixteen, seventeen. Um, she's not a great actress at this point. No. And I think this is a big problem with a lot of the Sylvester McCoy era, that your two main characters um, are not actors at yeah. this point. Obviously, they'll get better. And they hit... It's weird, like, because with Remembrance of the Daleks, you haven't seen this one yet. God, it's brilliant. Mm. And then they sort of forget how to do it. It's like they've... Oh, all right, okay. Forget that then. Mm. So... There's moments of brilliance, and you think, "Oh yeah, they've they've got it now, they've nailed it," but then it disappears again. Yeah. So, it's it is an issue with the McCoy era that your two mains aren't very strong, but they're very likable. Yeah, I do like them both. Uh, I think the biggest note I could take from this is it's so British. It's yeah, it's very it's so British. Yeah, an ace uh, is. That I can I can imagine someone like that being picked up and just like being a bit miserable. 
Um, excited though. Yeah. But like cocky and she's really cocky actually. Yeah, yeah. She she's, puts yeah. herself in like harm's way and Sylvester's there like, yeah, you're right, yeah. <laughs> you can't just walk up to a biker man and like demand He's stuff. He's dreadful, that Nord. Right, well, well, let's get through to this. Let's get to terms with this story then. Yeah. So next is Captain Cook and Mags. Oh, we're going through the characters. Well, yeah, just thought we'd just go over them all so we're aware who they are. Right. Uh, so Captain Cook. Hmm. I feel like I've seen that character so many you know times before. I always get him confused with the bloke that's in Kinder. Kinder. The, the Peter Davison story. Ah. Um. Yeah. I always forget about him. I always think he's the same bloke. Um. A Mags, the werewolfy girl. I've said this to you tonight. When I think of a werewolf, I think of her. <laughs> that's what. That's a that's a, a werewolf for me. Mm. Fucking hell. I mean, we talk about budget, but... Why the hell is she a werewolf? Why would you write that in? Uh, I, th- I think it's just to find a convincing way for her to turn, isn't it, at the end? No, why... Oh, so, yeah, so she turns heel. Yes. Right. Um. Just kill her off. You killed everyone else off. Yeah. Werewolves. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? This is amazing. I love it. No, um, yeah. Next, no shit's given. Next None. character, the ringmaster, hmm. who obviously gets to do the rap. Brilliant, fantastic. It's the raps are so bad. It's just amazing. How can you not love it? Yeah, it's pretty dreadful. It's awful. Yeah, it's funny because it's so it's embarrassing. Hilarious. Um, and then we get. For me, one of the high points is the chief clown. Mm. I think he's fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's something special, isn't he? Yeah, really, really good. Um, then we're on to some other characters. The, the lady outside with the stall. <laughs> um, we get Wizkid. Wizkid, he's my favourite character in all this. Um, <laughs> he's so, so useless and he gets a horrible end. I was so shocked. It's not often I get proper shocked by Doctor Who, but that really did shocked me. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck, yep, yeah, we're just killing him. Dead. There's little glasses left. Oh, That's what I said. Oh, that's really sad. <laughs> so I was on my own as well. <laughs> Four whiskers. I liked him. And then we get Nord. Nord. Do you want me to special fighting? I don't really know. Is he just like... You got these characters sometimes, like, dude, don't you? Yeah, like, don't uh, do um, Morbius. Yeah. Uh, I always forget his name. What is his name? I can't think. You know what I mean? The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the like, uh, like Igor sort of guy, yeah. wasn't he? Uh, by the way, was um, Brandon Morbius the first one we did? The first podcast we did? Yeah, I think so. Gosh. I still realise that story. Yeah, it's great. Anyway. Who else we got? Is that it? Uh, no, we got uh, Bellboy. Bellboy. I always think it's Dellboy. I always think it's Bellend, but yeah. <laughs> uh, Morgana, the fortune teller. I like Morgana. Don't know why. I just yeah. feel like uh, I want to. Come. I like her character that because she's she's unsure about this new regime, isn't she? Yeah. In the circus, and I think that's nice. Yeah. I uh, feel like I'd want to have a proper you know cup of tea. Yeah. With her, like, kind of really, Morgana. yeah, and, like talk about the situation. Like I know, yeah, all the gossip. And then there's Deadbeat. You Deadbeat. The one at the end. Who says, "Come and join the circus, Doctor." 
Oh, the one who... Yeah, the one who like looked into the eye. Yes, and he was a he was a. He's called he's he's a showrunner, isn't he? No, originally? He's, well, yeah, yeah. What what's his what's his other AKA? I don't know. It's just deadbeat. All right. Um, I knew him. I know him from Lovejoy. Do you know the series Lovejoy, no. the antiques thing? No. Um, yeah, that's where I it's instantly recognizable their face, and according to. I think it's on Katardis Wiki that he, Chris Jury, plays him, screen tested for, to play the Doctor. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Awful. Um, uh, Flower Child, the girl at the beginning who's Bellboy's oh, girlfriend. Yeah, she yeah. just dies instantly. Uh, then we get the bus conductor. Brilliant. Ding, ding. He's my other favourite. Tickets, please. Tickets, please. He's amazing. Ding, ding. I love his death. You like the bus conductor, don't you? Oh, it's You've gone on about it quite a, t- a couple of times. Well, it just reminds me of... Uh, I can't remember his name. I think it's... It's from... Uh, if you ever played Black Ops 2, Call of Duty Zombies, mm. and a transit map, and you got the bus driver. I think it's like Ted. I think it's Ted. And it just reminds me of it. It's crap. I just crap character. I love his death, though. Do you remember it? Oh, yeah, the bang. It's so funny. I had no idea. I thought, like, oh, press the button on top, it'll, it's like an emergency stop. Yeah. In what scenario does emergency stop mean blow up? Brilliant. <laughs> I love the awkward shot as well. Anyway, sorry. And then we get the uh, the mum, dad, and little girl. Aye. Who are the Ragnarok God, gods. miserable, so. aren't they? Um... Shut up and eat your fucking popcorn. It's yeah. I'm trying to think of what to say really about the story. Yeah. Oh, let me take you through. Go on. Um, the magic. Yes. So. Yeah. I knew I was in for a treat right at the beginning, <laughs> where uh, the doctor's juggling. Yeah. And. He says, I don't understand how things can just disappear. Or something like that. And then the ball who's talking just disappears. And I'm like, fuck yeah. I think, Let's it's, do I it. think it's good. I know what kind of story this is going to yeah. be. It's amazing. So Sylvester McCoy couldn't juggle. No. So for me, Sylvester McCoy was a, was a, essentially a clown. Like oh. an entertainer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, before taking the role of Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, but his his particular set of skills were um, putting ferrets down his trousers, hammering nails into his nose. Ferrets down his trousers. And is it is, is it contortion? Where you chained up upside down, like um, Houdini kind of stuff? Escape artist. Yeah, there's a posh word for it though, isn't there? I think what it is. Contortionist is someone who can like bend their leg oh, yeah. up their arse. And... <laughs> I think what it's called. Uh, write in as let us know. Um, so yeah, he did all that sort of stuff. But he didn't have any skills, like for the story. Right. So he had to. Look, they just assumed he could juggle. Yeah. And they assumed he could do everything. And they thought, oh shit, <laughs> can't do any of this. Um, but yeah, what do you, the magic sort of stuff? I think works quite well in the story. Do you know what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. All those magic tricks in this episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when. Uh... 
Oh my god, it goes on for like five minutes at the end. But you got the rope. I say, like, look, it's only got two ends. Oh yeah, there's the eggs. Oh, In the egg. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. so funny. <laughs> uh, Very similar to uh, Victor Meldrew's death. Oh yeah, that's true. Not death, takeover. Yeah. You know, from the gas mask. What else do we get? It was um, amazing. The uh, the snake. The snake. Amazing. Yeah. How did he do it? <laughs> Who knew? Uh, right, the sword. Yeah, the sword. Um. Um, how you said before, like you asked, do you want to know how he did? You know that scene where he like bends his legs, yes, around. What did he say? Uh, well, he does the. Um, what does he say? <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that? You know that's done. No. It's uh, so it's a big piece of plywood mm. with two bolts mm. sticking out of it, and you click your the shoes have got like the opposing oh, right. side. So you click your feet into it, and your feet sort of can stay locked, and you can move. It's the Michael Jackson trick, isn't it? Yeah. Where he did the same, where the the bolts would be yeah. up on the thing, and he kicks his feet in. You can do that. Wow, that's not as cool as I thought it'd be. Well, I think it's pretty much impossible to do, probably, isn't it? Without you just fall over. It was magic. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm ruining the illusion for you now. Yeah. As well. Um. So. The clowns are hor- like horrible. There's yeah, the scenes in the hearse as well. Yeah, are very memorable. If, you, if you're afraid of clowns, this is the this chief clown bad one. is creepy as yeah. hell, isn't he? Ian Reddington plays the chief clown brilliantly as yeah. well. Really, it's pretty, really good. It's pretty, pretty terrifying. Yeah, I'm not asked about clowns. I'm not particularly no. I can see how it it could be really horrible. I'm trying Especially, to think. Especially like clowns in the middle of nowhere. It's like someone's worst nightmare. Yeah, it's it, the the location settings are, are brilliant mm. as well. Yeah, they're so convincing. And though that the sort You've of got some nice shots in there as well. Well, the whole story is essentially on location. So there was a big asbestos um, scare mm. at the BBC, so that meant that they couldn't film in the studios. So they got, got the tent. They got the circus tent. That's amazing. And put it in a car park. Yeah. So all of the interior circus stuff is in a big top tent. That's cool. I think it works well. Yeah, that's cool. you wouldn't I love know the that. Interior. It, yeah, you wouldn't know that it was in a in a you know in a tent. Obviously, you know what I mean. You wouldn't yeah. know it wasn't in a studio. Yeah. So it's not sort of glaring that it's no, you know, different. But the locations stuff for me is brilliant. Mm. The hearse with the clowns at the beginning, you know, with the the kites. Yeah. That's a really strong memory for me from Doctor Who. It's a really cool image just to think about. Just this hearse in this barren. Hearse with clowns in it. Yeah. A dead girl with, you know, flowers. Yeah. Kite with eyes in the middle of a desert. It's so good. And then in the sky you've got, like a planet that looks like Saturn. It looks that looks great yeah. as well. Like if you just think of that image, that's why I just love this episode. That big it's top just mad. It's just fucking yeah. mad, and I love it. It's really it could good. be the front cover for an album or something. Oh you know, yeah, yeah. weird in the album. But I love that, the, especially the hearse going towards the yeah. the tent with that big, mm-hmm. you know, panorama thing above it. What do you call that? Cyclorama? I can't think of what you call what? it. Where you key in. That image above a real image. Um, yeah, it's um, it's not a super sample. It's a uh, superimpose. Impose. That's it. Yeah, superimpose. Yeah. Um, 
but from what I'm, I think I'm right in saying that where you see the big top tent in full, yeah, only the entrance is really there. The rest of it is a model hmm. that's put in, and I think you can tell at one point when the car or when the bike, it's Nord that's going up to the tent. Yeah, the sand covers the entrance, but doesn't cover the rest of the tent. I think that's really clever, though, how they just thought, right, well, let's put a massive, you know, Saturn-like planet up in the sky. Well, I was looking at that. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's what it is, isn't it? Probably yeah. Just to take your eye away. So I think it's the trick of, you put the, um, you'll know more about this than me. I'm going to explain it in a stupid way, probably. So the, the real little set piece of the door to the tent, yeah. the entrance to the tent, is in the background with the characters all going up to it. But in the foreground next to the camera is the model of the tent. So it's like forced perspective of, right, okay, to yeah. make it look massive to scale. Yeah. Um, it's great. Yeah. Really good. Really clever as well. Yeah. Which is strange because the... that's what I mean. Like I'm, I'm starting to think that this is intentional. I think it is intentionally supposed to be crap. Maybe. I don't know. Because it's just so fun to watch. Although the end still, I have no idea what the fuck is happening. Yeah, I don't really know what happens at the end. Although the explosion. What do you think of the explosion? This the tent one. Yeah, when McCoy strides out. Oh, we're going on, you know. Let's pull back a bit. Let's pull back a bit because we need to talk about Wizkid. We do. Oh, we could talk about like the the woman and you know the selling those fruits and things like that. But I don't know. I'm just really now. She's a bitch. Yeah, she's horrible. <laughs> All the riffraff going around and yeah, it's horrible. Um, Wizkid is mm. amazing. He's really good in this. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't think he is, but I, th- I think the actor's pretty good at playing this. You reckon? Yeah. I, I, again, I knew from the very start where we see Wizkid and he's like, <gasps> the what's the circus called again? The Psychic Circus. Psychic Circus, and he's 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 pedaling along in the desert, mm. which again is such a strange image. It is yeah. Everything about it is so so strange and like a horrible dream. It is very dreamlike, especially inside the the tent in the circus. Yeah, the colours and everything it just looks so strange. It's like it plays out like. An old um, kids show you used to watch, and you filled in the gaps. Yeah, and it has yeah. that eerie sense to it. There's a very sinister undertone to the story, yeah. isn't there? Um, it, it's like nostalgia in motion. Mm. It's freaky. It's awesome. I love it. But um, yeah, and then uh, Wizkid waves, and he's like proper, almost falling off his bike. Yeah, that. I was like, great. this kid's gonna be amazing. My God, he dies though. Oh yeah. Well, everybody dies, except everybody lives in the... Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Everyone gets blown up. Pretty much everybody goes, Oh, my God, they? yeah. Um, yeah, and the gods of Ragnarok. What the fuck is happening? Well, he's been battling with them all through time, supposedly, isn't he? But we don't know who they are. So I think that's the mistake, isn't it? They feel shoehorned in to me. I Everything shoehorned in in this episode. I don't think... It does. It doesn't really make sense to me. I'm, I'm, I'm lost with the ending. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure what the eye or the well is. I'm not sure what the. Well, it's, uh, I think it's a portal, isn't it? Yeah, 
Um, the eye is like the eye of the viewer. Ooh. Clever. Um, but I'm not sure what the pendant is. Maybe that's supposed to represent BBC iPlayer. <laughs> um, I think it's, uh, is it supposedly like the key or something? I don't TV know. TV license. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what do you think of the music to it? I'm not a massive fan. It's very 80s. It's very of its time. Yeah, it's, so it's, I like it for that. Yeah. Um, I just feel like I really want them to double down on how horrific it is to be in this place. I, I want the music to just be strange as hell. Yeah. Really, really nasty to listen to. I think it's Marquez that does the music for this. And this is probably my favourite score of his okay. that he did for Doctor Who. So Did he do the rap? He did write the rap, yeah. I don't know whether he wrote the lyrics for the rap, but he definitely wrote the, right. you know, the music for the rap. So I tweeted Mark to see what he had to say about this, because I couldn't work out... The inner nerd in me came out, and I was convinced that the snare drum sound that we heard was from a, a Yamaha drum machine. Mm. It was proven wrong. So Mark had this to say about um, Great Show in the Galaxy. That he had loads of happy memories on this story. And there's no drum machine, it's all sampled sounds. The snare drum was a sample of an actual snare drum um, above the backstage curtain, da da da, for, in that bit of the story. The bass drum, too. Um, all of the synths, D50, got one of them. JX3P, I've got one of them. Yamaha DX7, got two of those. And a Roland S550 sampler. Mm. Nice, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think the music's pretty good. Oh, it's solid. There's no doubt yeah, yeah, about yeah. that. But does it? I just want it to fit my agenda of what I think of this episode. Yeah, um, I get you. It's very neutral. I feel. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of the same theme. Yeah, and um, Marquez saying... is quite like that though, where he develops a theme. There's a mm. motif that he writes and he will use it yeah. to its fullest. You know, he will and rag the shit out of it. Yeah. I'm only saying I wanted more just because it's so jarring to watch. I think, yeah, the problem with a lot of this and the McCoy era, especially with the Kef McCulloch stuff, is it is what you're seeing on screen is so late 80s. Mm. And then the music you're hearing is very jarring late 80s you know, FM synth, early crappy bitrate samples, hmm. orchestral stabs and stuff that are, it just all adds up to this sort of nasty, thin hmm. sounding, you know. Yeah. But I think it does a pretty good job. It's, there's a few bits that I don't like. I'm not a big fan of the, um, the sort of, uh, circus organ stuff. It's, it just sound. It doesn't sound great. Um, the melody stuff, the the content of the music, I think is great. Yeah, it's the sound of it for me. Oh, so that's like quality and texture. Yeah, that yeah, it's it's the synth stuff yeah. that it's just you know hats off to him. I wouldn't. I don't envy him. But yeah, but what are you gonna do at yeah. that time? like is what it is isn't it um 
I mean, it's it's rare that I really do notice music in Doctor Who episodes. I think that's good. It is good. Yeah. Except when it comes to do this and you have to talk about it in Catholic. Yeah. Uh, but no, like, our, oh, the rap in particular is like proper. It's dreadful, along. isn't it? But it, then and again. The circus music as well, I was like, hell yeah. I think that was the only time I really did notice where like um, it did take that weird approach to the classic uh, like circus anthem we know. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. I know which one you mean. Everyone knows which one I mean. Da, 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 da. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, which is unsettling. And I love it. Yeah. Um, so what? What? Who is your favourite character in this? Um, probably the chief clown. Chief clown. Okay. I'd go with maybe Ace. I do like Ace. Ace. Uh, she's not a great actress, like we said. It's not her fault. Mm. Like she was cast in the role. Like she's yeah. just gonna do what At she least can not do. Yeah. Anyway. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably the chief clown, just because I think he's it's done in a really creepy, good way. Yeah. Um, what about you? Um, it's a mix between Wizkid, uh, the bus driver. Ding ding. Yeah. His death is just amazing. I was not expecting it. So funny. Um and yeah, probably the the clown one. The, what what did you say? What was his name? The Chief Clown. Yeah, Chief Clown. Yeah. Nice. So much fun in this episode. I think it's one of my favourites. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's so mad. It it's is fantastic. It's completely different to everything, yeah. isn't it? Um and to support that theory you said at the beginning, I mean, he, the um, guy who sings the rap, I mean, he does, like, speak directly to the audience at the beginning, doesn't he? Like, he ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, I suppose it is a bit breaking the fourth wall, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't, I do, I do have an issue with the rap. I don't like it. It's, it's very uncomfortable. Rap. It's, yeah, but... Did you say something like it, he was singing it just late? Oh, yeah, he's just dragging a little bit, isn't yeah. he, when he's singing it? Which, I'm assuming, you know, I don't really know all that about rap, but I sort of know what I'm talking about when it comes to music. Yeah. And he he's just dragging, like he's slightly behind on the beat all the time, and it just makes it sound like, should we just have another go, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, overall, I think the story's, it's creepy. Mm, for sure. Um... And it's enjoyable. It doesn't mean it's good. No. But I think it sets out... It achieves what it sets out to do, really, and do a sort of circus spooky story that's... develops the myth of the Doctor, all that sort of mystique that surrounds it. I don't know what the aim of this was. I could not tell you. I don't know what message I came away with. Yeah. Apart from... I didn't know we would see a scene of Doctor walking and away from an explosion. Well, let's talk about the like explosion. Let's finish with the explosion. Was that real? Yes. And Sylvester McCoy was that close. Yep. He did not flinch an m- inch. So, like, originally, yeah. it was going to be just a load of air cannons. That were... This keeps happening, Doctor Who, <laughs> when it's supposed to be a small explosion or something. It was supposed to be an air cannon that they yeah. were just going to fill with like polystyrene and you know just thin... Stuff that wouldn't hurt you. Yeah. 
So they ordered the air cannon and all of the bits and pieces. And yeah. when it arrived, would you believe it, the air cannon didn't attach to all of the pipes that they'd ordered. Right. So they couldn't use it. So they said, right, forget that. We'll just get a couple of pyrotechnics. They didn't tell Sylvester McCoy this. Why wouldn't you? Because, well, I don't know. Because he'd already been told that when we do the air cannon, it's one take. So just right. walk out there. It's one take. We cannot reshoot this. So they couldn't use the air cannon. Got the pyrotechnics. Didn't tell Sylvester McCoy this. He just assumed it was going to be the air cannon. Oh, my God. So they fill, it, fill up all of the stuff with all the pyrotechnics. Sylvester McCoy gets his cue, walks out, and an ungodly yeah. explosion. Massive. Sylvester McCoy's ass fried. Yeah. Huge. But he doesn't flinch. Doesn't flinch. I think he does ever so slightly. I think he he sort of crumples in a little bit, but you don't really notice it unless you look at it. Notice it at all. Slowly. It's great. Good, good job. Really memorable scene yeah. from Doctor Who. You know, the and circus tent exploding. Just, it just makes no sense. No. Why? So let's let's wrap up Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Mm. What do you what are your overall thoughts then at the end? I'm excited to watch it again. Um this time maybe intoxicated. I, I think I concur. it'll be so much fun. Let's do it. I think we should watch it together as well. Brilliant. I think so. Um it's a complete mess. Or is it? It's just a massive question mark. Yeah. I have no clue what this is. And from what I've seen, other episodes in the series are just bizarre and crazy. And I think this is what happens when you run a formula into the ground and run out yes. of ideas. You have to think out of the box. Or just make a new box. <laughs> make a new nothing box. to do with Doctor Who, but it's just funny in it. And that's why I love it. I think it's fantastic. And it's such a mystique mm. that could well bleed into the Doctor's characteristics and where the showrunner was going to lead with Sylvester McCoy yeah. by the end of his run. Um, or it's just crap. Whichever Either you, way. Yeah. <laughs> what did yeah. you think? For me, it's a, it's a super-duper green. A super-duper green. Fucking brilliant. It's one of my top, top ones to watch now. I'm going to go red. Okay. Uh, I like the idea, and there's a lot of um, memorable bits in this story, but for me, it just doesn't really do anything. It's very... Oh, does it? Oh, does it? It's it's creepy. Yeah, it is. Um, And it's so close to being good, isn't it? I think. Oh. In my opinion, obviously you like yeah. it, but it's 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 nearly there. Um, But yeah, there's just some bits missing. I think the cast are pretty good. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody really dud in it. That's there's nobody awful. No. Um, yeah, there's no one awful. Uh, but yeah, it's, I'm, the robots I'm, are a bit stiff. But oh, um, but yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go red. What about the empty child doctor dances? What uh, score would you give that color? Oh Christ! We yeah. didn't do that, did we? No, we didn't do what that. What color? And uh, oh, I don't know because I just to be honest, I just didn't enjoy it as much as I used to. I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I did. I'm going to go amber. Yeah, I'm going to go amber. Yeah. yeah. Middle of the road. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Well, should we see what other people think? Yeah. Enough about, uh, enough about us. Send us your feedback. 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 
So we got three bits of feedback this time. First up is Jeff Waddle. Greatest show in the galaxy is a good, creepy story. One rewrite away from being a classic. In that too many questions are left unanswered. Empty Child is Moffat at his best. Never been bettered. A simple story when you know what the plot is. And just this once, everybody lives. Outstanding. Hmm. Nice. <laughs> Complete opposite to your story. <laughs> Everyone lives in mine. Everybody Everyone gets lives. burnt alive in that tent. <laughs> uh, and next up, it's Keith Say. Empty Child, genuinely brilliant. Creepy and funny. Greatest show like most of the McCoy era. A weird mashup of brilliant and cringe-worthy. Chief Clown, the former, Wizkid, the latter. Next up is Dr. Matt Barber from the Strangers in Space podcast. Uh, hi, Matt. Say hi to Matt. Hi, Matt. He's very upset that we didn't invite him on with JR. Your invite's in the post, Matt. Does, doesn't matter, does it? It'll be all right. Cut that bit out. Greatest Matt. show in the galaxy. One of those stories that felt like, at the time, the death of Doctor Who but has, over the decades, become one of the series' crown jewels. Those two seasons, 25 and 26, rank amongst the most creatively rich in the programme's history. Yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting to go a bit more in-depth into the McCoy era. It's looking like it's going to be one of my favourites. There's some things in there, yeah. So, thanks for those bits of feedback. Thank you very much. We also have a new option if you'd like to send in some feedback. Mm. So if you'd like to send us in some audio feedback, obviously you could do that anyway just by sending us an audio file uh, to our email address. So you can go to speakpipe.com forward slash who can convince you podcast. The link is on our Twitter link tree on the profile as well. Um, And on that, you don't have to download an app or anything. You just click the link and you can send us in 90 seconds of audio feedback. So, yeah, you can send in audio or just your written feedback. Um, all the links will be at the end of the podcast for how to send in that. So I think all that is left now is for us to say which stories we're going to be doing next. Okay, so I'll go first this time. Mm. We're going to go to Season 17, Serial 4. A Tom Baker story, Nightmare of Eden. Mm. Would you like a little synopsis? Yeah. The TARDIS arrives on the space liner Empress, which has become locked with a private ship. After colliding with it, emerging from hyperspace, the fourth Doctor and Romana meet a scientist who has with him the CET machine. It contains crystals on which are stored supposed recordings of planets that he and his team have visited. Someone on board the liner is smuggling a dangerously addictive drug, To complicate matters, the interference between the two ships allows some monstrous mandrels from the mud swamps of Eden to escape from the machine, which does not merely take recordings, but actually displaces whole planetary areas into crystals. I'm not going to read the rest because it reveals the end. No. (laughs) What a terrible synopsis. God's sake. Yeah. Um, so Nightmare of Eden. I always try and zone out when you read the synopsises. Good. So I'm sure everybody else does. We're doing the Nightmare of Eden, everybody. Oh, yeah. Because no, I, I just don't want to spoil it. That's why I keep mine short. Short and sweet. I wouldn't say sweet. Sure. It's just from BBC iPlayer. <laughs> so I have chosen another Capaldi story. And 
in particular uh, episode seven and eight of series nine. And why have I picked these, Harold? Because it's where you're up to. And I cannot be arsed watching them because I I just think it's dreadful now. So it's you're gonna really force yourself going. to watch them. Yeah. Um. So it's the Zygon invasion and the Zygon inversion. Um. The Doctor and friends must try and save Osgood from a rogue gang of Zygons. And the next episode, with the unit neutralized, only the Doctor stands in the way of the Zygons. So I don't need to watch the first episode then. Oh yeah, thank you. I'm sorted. <laughs> I just I can't. I can't deal with Osgood and the other one. Well, it, they're so it's just lame. We'll see what happens. So on the next episode, <laughs> Nightmare of Eden, the Zygon invasion, and the Zygon inversion. Are you looking forward to seeing the Zygons again? I am, yeah. Yeah, I am, to be fair. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we will. So thanks for listening, everybody. Um, yeah, cheers. We'll see you later. Thank you very much. You can send us your feedback and comments by contacting us on Twitter at who can convince or email us at who can convince you at gmail.com. You can also send us audio feedback either as an attachment in an email or visit soundpipe.com forward slash who can convince. Be sure to leave us a rating and a comment on your podcast platform to help people find us.